Welcome to the New Reality Show, where you can call in live for laser coaching and engage in Q&A with doctors Art Emrich and Christina Winsey. Discover how to master the power of your mind, body, and spiritual energies. Get empowered to create your new reality for more happiness, well-being, and success. Well, happy Friday, Dr. Art. Yes, happy Friday to you. We made it. Yay. We made it. Another show. Yay. <laughs> another week, another show. <laughs> well, we're very happy that you've joined us, whoever has joined us. And if you're watching the replay, um, then you're in for a treat also. Uh, tonight, we are uh, interviewing a wonderful, wonderful woman. Her name is Carrie Sauls, and she is a holistic, conscious living master practitioner and she'll be talking about reclaiming your life after healing childhood trauma in the meantime if you're new to our show we are all about helping you to handle anxiety ptsd um, sleep problems you name it we uh decided uh one day dr art and i were talking and we said you know we can only reach just so many people in our offices and um, we'd like to really get out there because people have been suffering so badly for the past two years. They need help. And so uh, we always offer free uh, things that you can do at home that are simple, but that are scientific and spiritual and really help you to conquer some of those, some of those issues with stress and and strain and anxiety and all of that so we used to be the new reality show and um it uh, occurred to us that what we really uh, commit ourselves to doing is providing solutions every night there's going to that we uh, present there are going to be um at least one uh, usually more than that um, things that you can do practices that you can engage in that will literally change your life pretty nearly instantly. Um, so we added the word solutions to our name to just stress the fact that uh, this is, uh, we hope, interesting and informative. But in addition to that, it's giving you some solutions that you can use in your life. Absolutely. Well said, Dr. Art. I want to thank our subscribers. We have some faithful subscribers who are helping to support the show. If you enjoy the show and you think you might like to be a subscriber, we would love to count you among our faithful supporters. And you can find that link on our show page. And uh, if you're watching, Thomas is showing where the link is on the show page. If you're listening, just go to the main show page like you did to get on the show, and you'll see it there uh, to the left of our photo. Um, so we thank you so much, subscribers. And um, have I forgotten anything, Dr. Art? Let's see. Well, we think oh. we're the best bargain on TV uh, and radio. <laughs> At $2.99 a month, that means about $0.75 cents a show. And we can guarantee it's worth more than that. So Absolutely. Please, Absolutely. please become a subscriber. We need the help. Yes. And also, we want you to know that you can join our conversation if you want to call in. In the United States, you can call toll-free. And if you're looking at the screen, Thomas is putting it on the screen, toll-free 888-627-6008. And if you're outside the U.S., dial direct 323-1-323-744-4831. And with that, Dr. Art, it's time for your tip of the week. Okay, I'm going to try to give us a good tip. The name of this tip is try. Hmm. And um, in the words of Yoda, there is no try. There's only do or not do. So um, I'd like for you to do a little experiment right now, if you would, um, at home or wherever you are. Uh, if you have a pencil, just put it down on the on the table, on the desk. And uh, on the count of three, I want you to try to pick it up. One, two, three. Okay, for all of those who pick the pencil up, you failed. 
<laughs> I ask you to try to pick it up, not pick it up. And that's the difference. Try implies failure. So <laughs> if you're trying to do something, that means it's not working out very well. I'm trying to get this computer to work. Well, it's not working. It's not working. It's not doing. So when you use that word, you are building in the idea that you are failing. So uh, I had a boss one time, and he was after the salespeople all the time. He said, well, I'm trying to get sales. And he said, that means you're failing. You're not doing I want you to get sales, not try to get them. So um, it's just a, a funny little word that can do stuff that we don't intend in our brains. And uh, we want you to be successful. So stop trying. Just as Yoda said, just do it. Yes. Absolutely. I love that tip. And uh, yeah, I love that you're saying that your subconscious mind is going to hear try instead of do. Don't don't do it. Just try to do it. You know, that's where it ends. So (laughs) give yourself a break. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Well, that is a great tip. And um, yeah, I think people need to really uh, uh, next time they think of that, of what you just said, because next time they say it, they're going to remember and they're going to go, oh, wait a minute. Because once they've heard that, it's hard not to remember and, and, and uh, correct yourself. So- the only try that I will acknowledge is worthwhile, worthwhile is when you're trying on clothes to see if they fit. <laughs> That's worth yeah. trying, you know. <laughs> but other Definitely. than that, eliminate that word. <laughs> yes, for sure. Well, now we come to a really great part of our show, which is when we introduce our guest. And I'm going to read her bio. Um, We're very, uh, we love this person. She actually is working with us in a a healing uh, capacity. And uh, we'll tell you more towards the end of the show of how the three of us are working to help people with their health and their well-being. Um, Growing up in an environment of mental, emotional, physical, and sexual abuse of multiple family members led Carrie Sauls down a long road of treacherous health challenges, addictions, and victimization. These challenges provided a resonance of living to serve and to give others what what she felt the world needed most, love and healing. This is ultimately why she chose to become a nurse. During this time in her life that was based upon what she had endured as a child and up through adulthood, Carrie had adopted the we live what we learn motto. Her experiences as a child taught her that forgiveness was key as she learned what was on the opposite side from her father, uh, from her family. Darkness taught her what suffering was. But as time went on and she continued to grow and evolve as a person, she was fortunate to learn with compassion that her family was repeating patterns that each member was living over and over again, a programmed abuse cycle. In her early 20s, she learned that these things occur from dysfunction and abuse. One, we live as a victim. And two, we become the perpetrator, repeating what was done to us. And three, we rise above it. Statistics show that only 0.3% of victims of abuse do this. But she also discovered that if she did not like something, she could change it at any time, which is what she endeavored to do. She raised her daughter as a single mother the first half of her life with the intention for her to have a very different experience and that all those abuse patterns Carrie had lived as a child would end with her. Carrie now lives her message and her mission to assist others to heal from and to end the cycles of abuse from the inside out. She is a medical intuitive, empath, life coach, and pranic healer. Carrie left the nursing profession because she saw that there were potent and profound alternative healing methods yet to be adopted by the mainstream. Boy, do we know that, which would further her ability to make a real difference in the lives of her clients. Carrie, we welcome you to the show. Hi. 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 Glad to see you again. Yeah. (laughs) So great to have you on. (laughs) It's awesome to be here with you guys. 
Yeah, we're really thrilled. We want you to um, perhaps start with some of your story. You know, you don't have to go into great detail, but um, really, you know, where did it start and and how did you start waking up and kind of fill us in with this path that you took after such a, a really painful childhood? Mm. Well, I will say that um, it all started probably at birth. Um, um, And as time went by with everything that I was experiencing, um, I had this inner knowing inside of me, um, this intuition, this intuitive knowing that um, everybody around me was just doing what they were taught and what they were learning. Because as I looked at my grandparents, my aunts and uncles and their siblings and watching the dynamic um, with each one of the family members. Um, I just put two and two together and um, it didn't make any sense to me, of course, because in my mind I was thinking, well, if we want to be happy, why are we creating all of this suffering and why are we hurting each other? Mm -hmm. And I, I pretty much decided at a young age that, I was going to have a very different life because I wasn't going to choose that. And it was later in my life that I really realized, oh my gosh, literally everything is a choice. Everything, starting with a thought, um, developing our beliefs, um, our perspectives, literally all day long, every day we're making decisions and that became very powerful to me. And I just slowly just started putting one foot in front of the other as my life progressed Um, in my adolescence and in my early adult life, those were the most challenging. So, but then as I got into my mid twenties, going into my early thirties, that's when everything started to come together in my mind, you know, Mm as far as the direction I wanted to go, um, the things that I was already experiencing, I was identifying with where I was caught in patterns myself. Um, And I really started to buckle down and zone in on awareness of everything that I was doing. And I quickly started to realize it starts with the mind, literally. Mm -hmm. And the programming for me um, with my family, there was a lot of verbal and emotional abuse Um, over and over and over again, day in and day out. It was completely unpredictable. Um, And so there was a time um, during my earlier years where I was really starting to figure out that these beliefs that I had about myself were not my own. And they they were coming from the programming and I was actually carrying things that were not mine to carry. So um, it's been, it's been a long path getting to the point to where I am right now, but I made it here. Thank goodness. And we're glad you, know, you did too. That's really wonderful. You use the word awareness now to, to a hypnotist. Um, what that means literally is moving stuff from your unconscious where you're not aware Mm -hmm. to your conscious uh, uh, mind where you become aware. And as soon as you become aware of something, as you demonstrated so beautifully, you you have a choice. You can either accept it or reject it and say, this is not me. This is not mine. I don't, this doesn't belong to me and I'm leaving it right here. It doesn't have a place in my mind body system anymore. So it, it's beautiful, and I, I, I just am so amazed as I hear your story, and I know who you are from having met you uh, in person very recently. Um, how do you do that? I, I just, you know, the three-tenths of one percent, that means there's just a humongous group of people out there who don't do what you did. Do uh, you have any any words of wisdom or advice for them on how to, how to get out of this uh cycle of of abuse and and uh, horrible experience Mm -hmm. 
so uh, the suffering that I went through uh, was um, because I had so much love inside mm-hmm. and so much compassion and watching my family and watching all of that unfold right before my eyes over and over and over again, really put me in a place of um, just really profound compassion and understanding that this has to change. This has to change. And um, I started to connect with the understanding that if, if I didn't like how something was, um, then I had to basically start to become the change that I wanted to see in my family. I knew that I wasn't going to be able to, because I was already trying that. I was already trying to, you know, love everybody and help everybody and go through that whole entire process. And, you know, that doesn't work. So I started to realize, okay, if I, if I really want to see change, I have to start changing what I'm doing. And whenever it got really, really hard, which it did a lot because that programming was so profound because the things that I struggled with was self-belief, self-confidence, um, self-worth, um, self-compassion. I had no problem giving all of that, all those goodies to everyone else. But when it came to myself, I didn't see the value in my own self and I wasn't making the connection that that was all coming from once again, the programming and me carrying all of the grief and all of that pain and suffering that wasn't mine to carry in the first place. Those were completely my family's experiences and those were their realities. So I, did you get any, any help? Um, and you know, if you, if you haven't experienced something before, I, I, I don't know how you aspire to it. I mean, you just had this vague idea there's something better out there. Did you see TV programs where people loved each other? Or did you have friends who had families that, what what was the role model in in your, for doing any of this? Or did you just make it up as you went along? No, I just, it it was me. It was just me trying to figure it out. It was like, I was like, I felt like most of the time I felt like I had a blindfold on and I was like on my hands and knees trying to crawl my way through the whole situation. And so mm-hmm. I was like in the dark, so much uncertainty. I didn't, and half the time, I don't even think I realized what I was um, reaching to really do. I wasn't really wrapping my head around it. All I knew is that my family was suffering, had been suffering generation after generation. And here I was a young mom, because I had my daughter at the age of, of 19. And I knew that I could not use the same principles with Mm -hmm. her as a parent. Mm -hmm. And so if anything, um, I would have to say that that sweet little baby girl that I held my arms, like uh, empowered me and inspired me. Um, And some of the bigger questions came when I'm holding this little baby in my arms and realizing that it's her well-being is in my hands. Mm-hmm. And I took that very personally. And so I basically just let all my experiences um, pretty much put them completely aside. And with my daughter, I felt like I had a clean slate to do something really, really different. Mm-hmm. And um, when I had the days that were the most challenging, that were the most hard, I literally, when I felt like I wanted to give up, I would literally just close my eyes and I would see my mom, who I love. Um, I would see my brother, who I love, in their suffering state. And it would shake me back to, you know, what I set out to do all along, which was put an end to all of this. Mm. So. Mm. Wow. Incredible. And, um, so would you say that as of now, you are, are basically completely clear, you've forgiven the perpetrators, you, are, you don't have flashbacks? I mean, you know, I think, I think part of the problem, especially with things like PTSD and uh, trauma and abuse survivors, is the flashbacks of the things that happened to them. So how do you do with all of that? So I don't try and push them out of my mind that 
obviously the memories still come up. Um, but I have gotten myself to a point um, where I'm no longer triggered. So when they come up, I just let them be there. And um, I just remember, you know, that was then, this is now. And I hold compassion. I just hold compassion. Because one thing I've learned just from my own personal experience is that we can only do the best that, that we can with where we are at the time and each parts of our life with our minds. You're so. an absolute role model for the process of forgiveness. Could you say anything about how you do? How did you forgive people who did such horrible things to you? I mean, you must have had an enormously powerful process to let go of that and, and have it just be a memory, but not an emotionally charged one. Just just a fact, just an event, you know, that is over, over and done with. So most of the time when we're talking about people that are, you know, um, become the perpetrators, Hmm. uh, obviously they went through a cycle of some sort of trauma themselves, Mm -hmm. because when I, this is what I feel. I feel that when we come into this world where our hearts are pure, we're pure source energy and um, we're, we're totally um at a clean slate obviously because we're little babies Mm -hmm. um and as time goes by we start to observe through our peers our parents our siblings our communities um and then we start to we're like a we're like a brand new computer and Mm -hmm. we're in order for us to get programming Uh, stuff has to come in so the downloads have to come in and Mm -hmm. our downloads are from our experiences from our family and our environment and our peers um and so if a person grows up in an environment like i did um it's that's where it's coming from if they become a perpetrator they're just repeating an abuse cycle so Mm -hmm. for me I just have, I, I just see it. I see them as just being lost and all of their trauma. And if I were to add anger and frustration and resentment, then I'm just only going to continue to infiltrate that energy that's going on in that individual. And Mm -hmm. I don't care to do that because that just means more suffering and every single one of us are connected. We're not separate. And everything that we do affects each and every person around us. So I just literally just shifted my perspective from victim mentality to pure compassion and deep love. That's an amazing story. I mean, that you're kind of the textbook role model of how that should be done. And uh, I, uh, I just am so amazed that you were able to do it, uh, given all that you were, were dealing yeah. with. Um, yeah. that, um, did, did you, in all of this process, um, did you try to change any of those people at all? Or do you just let them be who they were and move away and get out of that sphere of influence and just sort of protect yourself? Yes. So in the very beginning, in my early uh, uh, 20s, um, I did. I went off on my own and I kind of sort of like left them all be Mm -hmm. um, and had minimal contact. You know, Mm -hmm. um, through my healing process, what I've learned is that um, you need boundaries. Um, And spending that time on your own and away from, you know, all of that, that that influence. Yeah. Yeah. All that influence because it's an infiltration when you're Mm -hmm. around the same type of energy and that's a low frequency energy. Yeah. Right. And this is not about being right or wrong or good or bad. It's just, it's education, it's knowledge. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, so for, I would say about 15 years, the distance between me and my family members were pretty, it was pretty far. And that allowed you time to heal yourself then too, Mm -hmm. and kind of get your thoughts straightened out too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, um, typically when someone uh, comes home again, so to speak, um, you know, you left for 15 years. Did you did you have an adjustment period when you came back and reconnected with the family? Did you have any triggers that you had to work on as you were re-engaging the relationships? Yes, absolutely. For Mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. Yeah. I would, the thing that the knee jerk reaction was is, Oh, there they go again, you know, (laughs) and Mm -hmm. I've, I've got to get out of here. I can't be hanging out here. I'm going to shorten this visit as fast as I possibly can. Mm -hmm. And I kept my daughter, you know, away from the, from them and the environment as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and people closest to me, cause you know, you know, my family and I were estranged. So I kind of sort of built my own little side family, which I've kept mm-hmm. very small over the years of my life. I, um, anytime that they inquired about my family history, you know, I didn't really give a lot of information. And, um, when I did, I wasn't really shy about the circumstances, but I did, um, keep it very, uh, I didn't go into a lot of detail. And um, if I had to um, introduce to my immediate family, um, then I would put boundaries in place immediately. I would tell the people that were with me, okay, here's the deal. This is a strategy. We go and we're out in 30 minutes. So, but I don't do that anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Mm, Wow. Well, just uh, if there's still a, a continuing need for family, I would like to uh, publicly here, right here on radio TV, um, announce that I'm available to be a father, a brother, a grandfather, or sibling, <laughs> or whatever you might need. Just feel like you got family here that uh, really cares about you and wants the best for you. You're so sweet. Yes, yes, he is. <laughs> Well, we need to take a station break just to uh, catch up people who may have just tuned in. You're listening to New Reality Solutions with Drs. Christina Winsey and Dr. Art Emridge and our guest, Carrie Sauls. We're talking about overcoming childhood abuse trauma, and um, we're going to continue in a moment. I just want to say, if you would like to call in and you're in the United States, you can call in to join the conversation. You can call in to ask a question. You can call in to get some coaching. Um, Our guest will talk to you. We will talk to you. And you don't even have to give your real name. That's the great thing. You can just call in and be anonymous and say you're calling for a friend. Um, But in the United States, toll free 1-888-627-6008. And if you're outside the U.S., you're going to dial direct 1-323-744-4831. So, um, yeah, let's get back to how now, Carrie, you are uh, working with people. Uh, You have plans with us. We're going to be working with a lot of different people on um, ways to get healthier in mind, body and spirit. Um, Talk about some of the ways that you help others who've been through similar to you and or just come to you because they have some kind of uh, illness or ailment. Um, You're doing a number of wonderful things. Yeah, so how um, everything has come to be at this point has all happened very organically. It's not like I set out with this intention that I was going to go out and start helping people. Um, It just sort of kind of came natural and One of the things that has really helped me on my path, because one of the big uh, um, challenges that I struggled with was body image issues. And I know that 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 comes with, you know, the abuse, especially the sexual abuse. Um, And so for me, uh, the catalyst that really helped me was movement. And I've been a mover since I was a young kid. And Um, when I was a kid, oftentimes my way to kind of just shut the world down would be to play music and just close my eyes and connect with the music and start to move my body with no intention. It was just something that I did. 
And every time I did that, I literally felt like I was in a, in a whole nother world and a whole nother reality. And I felt mm-hmm. safe and, um, and I felt loved whenever I did that. There was just this connection that I was having in, with those experiences. And then as I, I got a little bit older into my twenties, after having my daughter, I kind of got away from that. And I started the traditional, um, let me pound the pavement type exercise. And I became an <laughs> avid runner. Right. And, um, which is very taxing on the body. And mm-hmm. it totally took me out of being in body and put me into more stress mode, you know, and, mm-hmm trying to be in control of my environment and all of my experiences and my circumstances. So um, I I learned later into my mid thirties that I needed to get back into body. So I started uh, learning um, pole dancing and I was, I was curious and somebody had mentioned it to me because it was a friend of mine that knew I liked to dance. And so I was like, hmm, what is this pole dancing thing? I got to check this out. So I went and I absolutely fell in love the first five minutes of class. And there was that deep connection that I was having with myself again. And I was connected to my heart. And I just knew that this was going to be a really good avenue for me. And Mm -hmm. so I started to, uh, I took a few classes and I was involved in so much at the time. And back in the day when I, when I started this, um, there were very few local um, studios around. So I had to travel far to get to them. But I loved it so much. And I was so determined to get back to that connection within myself um, that I did some research and discovered that you could buy a pole and install it in your own home. So I slowly but surely started to self-teach myself how to do this. Mind you, this is not the easiest thing in the world to do. But I was determined and it was all the love that I had for it and the, the good feeling that I had inside. And it has really been a huge part of my own internal transformation and shifting that mindset that I had of not connecting with my worth and my value and mm changing how I felt about my body and the way that I was looking at my body and feeling in my body. Um, and so fast forward to about, uh, nine years later, uh, I have been doing this off and on for nine years, but I started to teach, um, probably about four or five years ago. And that has really been a major catalyst to this whole unfolding of me really helping more people um, through movement. Mm-hmm. Um, so movement is a big, big piece. Um, and then um, it's just been connecting with other like-minded people. And I got involved with energy medicine and energy healing through Reiki and through pranic healing and a little bit of experiencing through Qi- Qigong And one thing I've studied astrology and numerology for the past decade, more than a decade now, self-study, self-taught. And it's just one thing after another has kind of led me to where I am right now. And it's become word of mouth. People have just been saying, you know, you should call Carrie for this. You should call Carrie for that. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's anyway, so that's what's brought me to where I am right now. And um, the classes that I teach, I love teaching. I love being with my students. They teach me um, just as much as I teach them. And it's a really, um, it's just such a genuine um, soul-to-soul connection. Um, most of my students that come in have some sort of background of trauma themselves. And they don't realize that they're being pulled. It's like they're, they're uh, ready for some sort of evolution in their um, circumstances and in their soul. And so their higher self kind of drags them in that direction and they show up. Mm-hmm. And there's a transformation that starts to develop. Um, but anyways, that's kind of how where I, I've gotten to where I am right now. I know I'm probably leaving out a ton of stuff. There's just so much, but 
<laughs> so, so uh, right now, your primary path of um, helping others heal has been movement, but you're moving into your Reiki and your prana, pranic yes. healing and the other aspects of what you do. Um, when you were, um, when you were a child, did you know you were intuitive? Uh, No, I wouldn't have been able to, I, I definitely could feel and tap into other energy besides Mm -hmm. my own, but I just thought that that's something that we all did. Mm. Like I didn't think, you know, that it was anything out of the norm or anything like that. Right. Hmm. It sounds like, you know, as always, your daughter was your teacher um, in a big way. And my children have been my teacher in a big way. You know, um, when we have kids, Dr. Art, probably your kids taught you a lot. Just the act of developing yourself as a parent to do the best you can for them Um, and not, not always... Uh, coming out on top sometimes we just we fail but you know um, for the most part you know that 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 effort that we make to have them have a better experience of life makes us get better mm-hmm. within ourselves and mm-hmm. as you were talking about how you brought up your daughter and and what happened that you know you had her at 19 and it seems as though you started really being able to shift at a young age compared to a lot of people um, that it usually happens in the midlife crisis. Mm-hmm. And so you were. It's been an of, ongoing thing at, from a young age, just not really realizing or connecting the dots until mm-hmm. later in my life. You know, oh my mm-hmm. gosh, I've, I've been doing this inner work for a long, long time, just not yeah. really realizing it. Yeah. 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 I, I don't know why, but it, it, it caused me to recall a conversation I had with my uh, one of my sons who was uh, struggling with math and um, he didn't do well in, in a course that he was in in high school. And so he said, Dad, I got a problem. I got to talk over with you. I said, OK, let's do it. He's going into senior year of high school. And he said, my uh, teacher said she didn't think I should take senior math because I'd probably make a bad grade and that would mess up my grade point ratio. Uh, maybe I wouldn't be able to get into the school that I want to get into. And I said, well, you know, she's seen a lot of students and if that's her assessment, I think I'd pay attention to it. He said, yeah, but if I don't take it, then I'll be missing a math credit and I won't be able to get into the school I want to go to anyway. And I said, well, then you have to take it. He said, yeah, but I might fail. And so what, what you tell me what to do. And I said, no, no, I'm not, I'm not falling into that trap. I'm not the one that has to do the whole work and learn and take the test and all that. So he thought for a while, he said, you know, it seems like no matter which one I pick, it may be wrong. And I said, uh, yeah, good assessment there. He said, um, well, I don't like that way of doing it. I like it when you have a problem and you got a solution and it's the right one and you do that and it works out right. But this way, I don't know. I may be picking the wrong one. And I said, welcome to adulthood. He said, I don't think I like adulthood. <laughs> it's too hard. <laughs> I don't like making that choice. Uh... So you do learn. And, and, and I think your daughter was a fabulous blessing to you to have someone to break the cycle with a, a purpose that you can mm-hmm. see, right? You can hold her right in your arms and say, this little girl is not going to experience what I did. And and mm-hmm. what a powerful motivational process that creates in you to, uh, to actually stick to it, deliver on your commitment. And so that you protect her from what you experience. It mm-hmm. has a beautiful relationship starting off that way. Yeah, I would say the biggest challenges I faced were uh, intimate relationships. Mm-hmm. And once again, it was her, you know, that always kept me, you know, in that state of awareness, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is this, is this really serving me? Is this, yeah. am I doing, you know, like, yeah, so it, I was, I really struggled with my intimate relationships. And yeah. 
I didn't probably set the best example in that aspect as a mom, but I definitely gave her lots and lots of love. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, intimate relationships bring up all kinds of stuff for everybody. Because we're, we're in general, you know, as the psychologists will say that you're always marrying your mom or your dad to work through whatever was not worked through when you were a kid. When you were, so, yeah, but well, so you're now, um, you've embarked on this, you've got a new website and uh you yeah. are kind of moving to the next phase of how you're going to help people now aren't you yes well so talk about that yeah <laughs> you'll be you'll be bringing an interesting thing to uh to uh the practice that we are setting up the three of us mm-hmm. to have a health clinic and mm-hmm. um we uh We've discovered, I guess, that we're using uh, sound. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a hypnotist, obviously. Uh, talking is sound, and we have uh, I have a Rife machine, which is sound waves that go into your body, and we use light. Um, we have a, a, a halo um, uh, equipment that uses light and uh, electromagnetic uh, uh, energy, uh, all kinds of other kinds of energies that you bring uh, to uh, to the practice. And uh, movement, uh, we have a machine that uh, jiggles your body around, gets the lymph glands uh, really... Uh, different kind of movement. Yeah, different kind of movement. And, and you have a kind of move. We might have to put a pole in the office. Maybe be another, another step. But we're really trying to, to bring together uh, a, a variety of healing modalities so that uh, anybody who walks in will find something that they can, or maybe more than one, that they can really connect with uh, to help them have a, a, a resolution to whatever the issue was that brought them in. So we're just real happy uh, uh, to to know that you're going to be bringing some new things to us. And uh, that's just going to be really, really great. It is. Well, one of the things that has motivated me all this time is I've always said to myself, 0.3%? What? What? How's? So that means that the latter percent, which is high, is either victimization or perpetrator. And I was just thinking, I just was like, no, that's not okay. That's not, I don't, I can't, I can't accept that. That's yeah. 99.7% of yeah. the people who suffered yeah. abuse are, right. are going to be either victims or perpetrators. That is right. a horrible feeling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, 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 and with that revelation, I was looking at my family. This is why they haven't evolved, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and we've passed this. So that 0.3% has been my motivation for mm-hmm. moving me forward every day because I've said, I'm going to change that. That's going to change. It's going to, we're going to flip that to make it 97% where we uh, evolve. We move past it and we we heal from that. Mm -hmm. This is a a wild guess. I don't know that most of your clients would probably be victims. Um, I, I would think that most perpetrators don't think there's anything wrong with them that, you know, they're the ones perpetrating the, the grief and uh, the victims would be the ones seeking help. Would that be your assessment too or, or not? Maybe I'm reading it wrong. I think to a certain degree, yes. Um, most of the time that's the case mm-hmm. for sure. But I think this is what I think. I think that all of us, because we're connected and we're not separate, mm-hmm. have moments where they're, they're like pivotal, pivotal moments in our life. I don't care if you're a perpetrator or a victim or not. Um, where we're looking at our life and we're discovering things that we're pondering on that I wish things could have been better. I wish things could have been different or um, how did I get here type situation. Um, And I think that either whether you're a victim or a perpetrator, you're, you're thinking to your, they're thinking to themselves because this has been the programming too. 
um, that, well, it's too late for me or I I can't change now. I'm, I'm already way too deep in, you know? And so when I look at some of my family members who have uh, been either or a little bit of both, um, and I see the changes that I've made in my life, and I look at those ones that I'm closest to, close as far as connection goes, I've seen very subtle changes. Ah, good. Yes. So it's possible for any, and, and it's just education. And you know, you guys know this. When mm-hmm. we know better, we do better. If we don't mm-hmm. know that there's another, a whole other way of being, because we're not right. taught this in our schools, we're not taught this anywhere, really, mm-hmm. unless we're seekers and we're seeking it intentionally, right? Mm-hmm. If, we're, if, we're, if we haven't been taught, then we're not looking for it. Mm-hmm. Right. So well, I think I mentioned uh, in an earlier program that we did that one of the strategies that I use for people who've had terrible victimization in their childhoods um, is to uh, do a regression process where I have their adult self in their imagination go back to when they were two years old, whatever, and introduce themselves to, to their younger self and say, I'm going to be here periodically to be your coach your your caregiver, your guide, um, a substitute parent or, or, or grandmother or aunt or, or uncle, whatever it might be. And I want you to know that we made it. You know, I'm, I'm living proof of the fact that we got through all of this horrible stuff. But I want to make it much easier on you than I had it. So I'm going to be here where nobody else was. And I'm yeah. going gonna, gonna to try to make sure that you have the best that I can give you. And then periodically, maybe once a week, go back and visit this younger self. And as you do that, the interesting thing is you go week by week by week, 52 visits, you've covered a whole year of that person's life. So you've changed this young person who's really you. And the fact is, it's changing you in, in the moment as you, as you help this younger version, you're helping yourself. And as you come closer up to the, to the current day and time, uh, you realize that you have made a difference in, in that little one's life, which has also made a huge difference in your life. So there are treatment modalities uh, that, that we can, we can cross refer each other to help uh, people get through that because sometimes it's just, they just don't have the energy to deal with it anymore. They just give up, you know, I just can't. So we want to yeah. figure out ways to energize them and, yeah. and keep them working as you did Somehow you found the energy. I, where do you think your mojo comes from? What, what's the energy that drives your commitment to change things and be different and solve this? It, do, you, do you have a source of energy that you count on? Well, I have daily rituals, first of all. Um, okay. And, uh, you know, love, love, because there's nothing else that's better mm-hmm. than that. And, could could uh, you say anything about your rituals or what, what they are? Would that be yeah. helpful? So one of the things that I discovered on my path too is uh, looking at values, our values. Mm-hmm. Um, because once again, that's another thing that we're not really taught in schools. No one discusses values or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And we have a general idea what values are, most of us do. But if you really ask people, do you know what your values are? They say, what do you mean? What is yeah. it? Exactly. Does that mean? Exactly. Mm. So Mm. my thought is, is that, you know, when you don't know who you are, you don't know what you want. You don't know how to place yourself um, or see or have a vision for yourself. But when you connect to your values, you, because it, it, when you start asking yourself those questions, like what is my ideal life look and feel like to me? it makes you go within yourself mm-hmm. and start connecting. And that's what wires or fires off that intuition, right? Mm-hmm. And the intuition, we're tapping into our heart center. So we're no longer in our heads and that ego, right? We're connecting to our heart center and it just starts to come. And when we connect with that and we start going through all of our values, then we're able to be able to start to go, oh, 
And then we start to be able to see where we're not in alignment with our life mm-hmm. and why we're not experiencing the best quality of life that we could be experiencing. And then mm-hmm. we start to also realize, whoa, I have a choice. I have a choice here, mm-hmm. you know? So I think most of us think that we don't have a lot of choice and we're living reactive to, you know, whatever's just showing up in our life, you know? So So you were going to tell us about your morning ritual. Mm. So my morning ritual is three hours long and that's just because I'm not doing 300 things or anything like that, but I like a really slow moving morning um, because I really want to be connected to my heart because before I step foot out from my front door, I want to be fully connected and grounded. And that way I'm ready and prepared to take anything on um, mm-hmm. that comes before me that doesn't move or shake me. Mm-hmm. So I literally do a lot of energy um, uh, grounding and I do uh, pranic, pranic healing. Mm-hmm. And I do uh, movement. I have different movements that I do to clear energy. Um, And I do affirmations. I do a meditation. um, And I make sure that I'm putting into my body high uh, nutrients and uh, vitamins and minerals. um, And I'm hydrating myself. And And I actually have things around me that bring me joy and that fill me with joy. So I'm literally setting the tone for my day before I even get out there and get started. Beautiful. Mm. Really nice. Yeah. Mm. Wonderful. Well, we should talk a little bit more about, cause we're, we're running out of time. I want to talk a little bit more about our, uh, our healing, uh, healing center okay. and um, the kinds of philosophies that we all hold is all about holistic healing. So, what we're offering is mind, body, and spirit uh, focus. And so, um, you know, we, we have people that come to us. Uh, Dr. Art has healed people of cancer with just hypnosis. And when I say just hypnosis, I don't mean it to minimize hypnosis, um, but that's how powerful hypnosis is when, if all he used was hypnosis. Um but there are people that are suffering so badly these days and uh, whether it's addictions, whether it's some kind of health issue. And we didn't want to, um, we, we want people to empower themselves. And so everything that we do is really focused on people discovering their own ability to heal their bodies and to be more, um, uh, connected as as you are saying carrie you know being really connected within themselves within their heart mind um and integrated with their values and really focused on what do i want and and how am i going to go about creating this healing for myself whether it's mind body or spirit or uh, their work in the world, all of it, because how you are in one thing is how you are in everything. Right. So, you know, it's, uh, it's very profound. And we've chosen uh, to focus on frequency medicine and frequency medicine. Everything is frequency. So, right. um, it, you know, when, when they measure the, the brain waves, the EKG, that's a frequency when they measure the heart, the EEG, that's a frequency. And in fact, the heart has, wow, it's it's so much more powerful than the brain uh, mm-hmm. in terms of its ability to uh, exude a frequency. And so um, that's what we're all about. And maybe you guys want to talk a little bit more about it. Yeah, the heart, as they've uh, determined, is kind of the drumbeat that sets the frequency uh, in which we live. And and all the 50 trillion cells count on that heartbeat as a rhythm to know that they're operating properly, if that gets out of whack. And uh, so what we're doing really is acquainting people with their personal power. A lot of people, Carrie, as you mentioned, don't, don't think they have any, you know, and so we we acquaint them with with the fact that they do have it 
and then introduce techniques uh, for them to actually uh, access that power, uh, the things that are stored. Uh, one of the things that uh, we've covered a couple of times is just raising your hands up over your head like that, floods your body with all the feel-good biochemicals that your body actually makes all of them. Um, and, and that's a way to cause them to flood through your system and, and give you a much more optimistic and powerful position to face whatever you're facing. So you do that a couple of times a day for two minutes and, uh, boy, you have really changed the world you live in. You have, that's right. you have accessed your, some of your body's capability, uh, and released it into your body in a, in a way that really serves you very well. So that's what we're about really is teaching people simple but powerful techniques to mm-hmm. um, to use their mind-body system in the way, as you said, Carrie, nobody teaches that anywhere. I mean, you, there's no school you can go to and learn about any of this stuff. Exactly. Uh, just just exactly. Uh, something we're committed to giving to our clients so that uh, they come away much more acquainted with uh, this I'm writing a book, and I, I hope to get it published this year. It's called Mind Body 101, the owner's manual you did not come with. You know, we, we got <laughs> this right. fabulous piece of equipment, but nobody told us how, how to access all of its parts and, and powers that it has. So this, we got to have a way to find out that kind of stuff and not use trial and error and be like me in your 80s before you start finding out about some of these things. Wouldn't it be great if you found them out in your teens or 20s mm-hmm. or 30s and, mm-hmm. and you'd have a long yeah. time to use them? So yeah. that's kind of what we're about. Yeah. Well, and empowering, inspiring everybody to return back home to right. their yeah. true yes. essence. Because imagine yes. if we're all living from our heart center, we are enriching each other's lives so much because yeah. we're connected. Yes. Know? Yeah. Well, we we have run out of time, so I want to make sure that people get to see your website and your email. Uh, Thomas, if you'd put that on the screen. If you would like to contact Carrie, here is her website, um, healththroughenergy.org, and her email is healththroughenergy at gmail.com. And if you'd like to reach out to her, um, she is offering... Carrie, what what did you decide was your free gift tonight? I think it was the free consultation. That's correct. Yep. Okay. Very good. So, um, yeah. And um, next week we will be having Brent Michael Phillips, who is a best-selling author, Amazon best-selling author. His book, uh, it's a three-book series, The Formula for Miracles, that should be very fascinating uh, to most people, mystical phenomena such as instant healing, intuition, the law of attraction, and experiences of higher consciousness, such as seeing energy and auras, are either considered total nonsense or are reserved for only a few special and naturally talented individuals. However, the truth is that there is a simple scientific basis underlying energy healing, mind power, and the ascension of consciousness. Quite simply, what we call a miracle is just any phenomena which can't be explained by our current level of science and technology. And oh boy, health through energy. You know, um, he's okay. talking our language. So yeah. it should be a wonderful interview. Yeah. Yeah. So, so all thank three you. of us are looking forward to hearing what, what he has to say, I'm sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. So thank you so much for joining us tonight, Carrie. Yes, thank Carrie. you for having me. I love you guys. Really good. We love you. Love you too. We love you. It's an honor and a privilege to be able to work with both of you. Oh, yeah, We feel likewise. the same way. Thank you. Likewise. So, folks, thank you so much for tuning in. We hope that you'll become a subscriber. We hope you got benefit from the show. Uh, There are a lot of archived shows on our show page. Uh, Just scroll on down and you can see all kinds of topics that we've already covered. And many of our guests from those shows have uh, free offers and things. And so do we. So until next week, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for joining us. If you've enjoyed this show, please consider being a supporter. 
You can find that on our show page. Tune in every Friday night at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, and find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash new reality show for announcements of upcoming topics and exciting guest interviews. Bye for now.